Health and well-being. Peter Mullen here now. We are having a discussion about thyroid. We spoke about this a couple of months ago. Let's just revisit it a bit. What is the thyroid? What does it do for us? Well, the thyroid, Dave, is a little gland that sits in the base of your throat here, and it's responsible for producing thyroid hormones. Now, these every single cell in your body has a receptor for a thyroid hormone, so the effects of thyroid health is far-reaching. You know, it affects every cell in your body, um, the brain particularly. You know, a lot of people that have poor thyroid function suffer with uh, symptoms such as brain fog, poor concentration, and obviously other things can play a role with that. But thyroid definitely um, plays a big, big, big role with brain and, and cognition. Um, weight, difficulty losing weight as well. You know, the thyroid hormone helps to maintain our metabolism. So it helps to sort of, you know, keep our energy levels up, keep our weight management happening. Um, thyroid helps to maintain muscle mass, heart health, digestion. So basically every, every part of the body is affected by our thyroid hormone levels. And what are some signs that you may be having some problems or that the thyroid's having difficulty? Well, probably one of the um, most common symptoms from a... Um, like the, the, the thyroid can go two ways. The thyroid can go overactive which I'll talk about in a little while. But the most common thing that we see in practice is a thyroid that's become underactive. And there's a number of ways that can happen. Uh, aging, for instance. You know, at 50, it's normal to think that your thyroid function is not as good as what it was when you were 20. Um, so age can play a role. Um, autoimmune conditions like Hashimoto's, where the immune system's attacking the thyroid gland, can cause it to become underfunctioning. And that's something we're seeing a lot more frequently in practice is autoimmune, low thyroid. Um, even things like the Epstein-Barr virus we've talked about on previous episodes can cause the thyroid down the track to become underactive. So signs and symptoms of an underactive thyroid is, is, is fatigue is probably number one. Um, but it's a specific type of fatigue, Dave. It's feeling like you don't have enough energy to exercise. You know, people will say they go and they do some exercise and then they've got to come home and have a lay down after. Yeah, yeah. Uh, lack of strength. Um, not able to exercise on a regular basis, uh, a heavy or tired head, particularly in the afternoon. So people that get that three or four, two or two, two thirty to three o'clock slump of an yeah, afternoon might yeah. have to have a nana nap, particularly if it's associated with symptoms like brain fog, um, falling asleep as soon as you sit down without doing anything. So a lot of my older clients will say this that you know any time they stop and sit, they'll fall asleep if they're not doing something to keep their brain active. So that can be a sign of underactive thyroid. And relying on caffeine to get you through the day, which also relates back to your adrenals, but can be an indicative of um, having a, a, an underactive thyroid. Um, the next thing, weight gain, easy weight gain and difficulty losing weight, particularly if you're on a specific weight loss program, points to an underactive thyroid. According to a, a guy called Charles Poliquin, there's actually a bit of a link between fat around your rib cage, um, thoracic and rib cage, and an underactive thyroid as well. Dry skin and dry hair. Um, people with underactive thyroid tend to have perpetually dry, rough skin that doesn't respond well to moisturizers. Um, often will lose the outer part of their eyebrows yeah, yeah. as well. Uh, sensitivity to the cold, number four. Um, feeling the cold more than others. So, you know, if you're in a, in a room or an office and everyone else is fine, but you've got two jumpers on and a pair of Ugg boots, yeah, yeah. Um, particularly if that hasn't been an issue before, um, People with low thyroid are slow to warm up and don't sweat at all with mild exercise. And one of the things that um, we get patients to do, which gives us an indication of 
thyroid function and their metabolism is we get people to check their temperature first thing in the morning when they wake up. So the idea is you use a thermometer um, under the arm or under the tongue and while you're still nice and warm in bed, you just check your, your morning temperature before you get up and go to the bathroom. Now, if that temperature comes back consistently 36.5 or below, that suggests that you've got a slow metabolism and or a low thyroid function. So obviously from there you need to have further blood tests and you know get things checked out. Um, so if you find you have some of these symptoms and you go to a doctor, is it straight away he will go, oh yeah, that is your thyroid? Or could there be something else that he may even mistakenly... Oh look, it's, a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of these symptoms also relate to the adrenal function, to yeah. stress. So it's a matter of the challenge is always trying to find out exactly what is going on. Um, thyroid's pretty easy to check out. Like it's a simple blood test. And most doctors these days, when they do a general full blood count, they will include tests for your thyroid. Unfortunately, the initial test they do for thyroid, there's quite a wide range. It's called your TSH, thyroid stimulating hormone. There's quite a wide range. And and you might be, you know, I sort of, I personally think that anything above two with a TSH suggests subclinically that your thyroid's starting to go a bit under functioning. But GPs will be happy with it if it's up to even 4 or even 4.5. So, you know, there's this subcategory of people that have been told that their thyroid function is fine. Yeah. But, in fact, they may be starting down the path and starting to get some of these symptoms that we're talking about. Uh, we had Lou on the phone. Lou has been uh, – she found out she had low thyroid. And she had a lot of serious, severe panic attacks. Okay. Does that go along with that? Yeah, look, it definitely can. Thyroid and adrenals go hand in hand with the stress response. And often, if someone's under a lot of stress for a long period of time, the adrenals actually can cause the thyroid to become under-functioning okay. through elevated cortisol and other hormones. So She's yeah. on some medication now, and the panic attacks... Uh, have subsided. Yes, yeah, yes. yeah. Uh, is there anything that may be able to go along with what she's taking now from the Look, herbal side? With absolutely. The, the two most important things I think of for like someone that's got in, getting the low thyroid and the anxiety would be magnesium. Right. Magnesium is really important. Um, a good quality um, multivitamin like vitamin Bs yes. really helps the adrenals and with the stress coping. And the other thing I always think of from an adrenal point of view is um, vitamin C and zinc. Okay. So that's probably my secret recipe for people that are suffering from stress, anxiety, and that borderline low thyroid. Is the f- just look those they all of those nutrients: magnesium, zinc, C, vitamin B. Like the, the, the vitamin B and C are water-soluble, so what you don't get in a day, you don't get in a day. Mm. <clears throat> our soil's low in zinc and magnesium, so our food quality is going to be low in magnesium. So a lot of patients I would see would be deficient in those nutrients. So um, definitely with Lou. And those things are safe to take pretty much with anything else that she might be taking as well, but they would be good support. So, Peter, you mentioned in Lou's case there, it's the adrenals that are affected by the thyroid. What else does the thyroid do and what else can it impact on? Well, the thyroid can Im- impact upon the gut. Like a lot of people with low thyroid will have, you know, symptoms of constipation. Um, high cholesterol and low thyroid go hand in hand, interestingly. Uh, depression. And we were just talking, Lou was just talking there about anxiety as well. Um, even things like craving carbs and sugary foods, particularly if, you know, three or four o'clock in the afternoon, you're looking for something sweet or something carbohydrate And, um, you know, as we said, things like dry, dry skin and dry hair. So with... um. Thyroid, like so, the way the thyroid works is that your thyroid produces thyroid hormone, and um, to do this, your pituitary produces TSH, which stimulates your thyroid to produce T4, 
Now, to produce T4, talking about nutrient deficiencies, to produce T4, we need things like iodine, which, again, we tend to be low in in Australia. Remember in the 60s or 70s, yeah. everyone was encouraged to eat iodized salt? Yeah. That was because there was a, a, a run of people with low thyroid function because the iodine levels were so low. Yeah. Um, is that a call coming We've got a call us? right here. Deborah would like to talk to us also about thyroid. Deborah, do you have some issues with thyroid? Yeah, I do. Thanks for your time. Um, complex history of thyroid. Um, I had hyperthyroidism all 15 years ago. Hyper, um, hyper was it? Overactive? Yeah, yes. yes. And then I had a thyroid storm. But um, cut a very long story short, I've ended up with thyroid cancer. So I've had my whole thyroid removed and yes. lymph, lymph nodes. That was six years ago. Still okay. having a lot of trouble. trouble. Um, I'm on a Roxen and I do have other health issues, unfortunately, which are probably all connected. But is there anything, I take calcium and multivitamins and um, is there anything that you can recommend just for, because I do get the nervousness still. Um, my thyroid levels come back okay, so I'm obviously, my Roxen's working. Yep. I just don't feel, I don't feel that I'm looking after myself Hence, um, as well as I should be in the um, medical side of things, just like vitamins and that. So I was just wondering if you could give me some advice on that. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And um, we've actually got a, a talk on next Tuesday night. You're welcome to come to as well, which I think is advertised on our website. Um, once you've had your thyroid removed, which you have, then you have to go on to long-term thyroid hormone. And um, the the type of hormone they use is a synthetic or man-made hormone, and you still need to take some nutritionals to help support the action of that that thyroid hormone. Does yeah. that make sense? So yeah, prob- probably the um, always whenever anyone's got a thyroid issue or an, an adrenal issue would go with that as well. I'd always, as I mentioned before, a good quality vitamin B complex, yeah. a vitamin C, um, vitamin C, yeah. zinc, right. and I'd also get onto a powdered magnesium as well. Doing the magnesium for a short period of time, I'm finding it is helping. But yeah, um, well, look, it yeah. depends. It depends on the form as well. But um, I if if your health's quite complex, I'd probably recommend going and seeing a naturopath and actually having a chat with someone. Deborah, can I ask a question to you? Did your health and your life change much when they took the thyroid and the lymph out? Oh, definitely. I actually have now ended up with Crohn's disease. Okay. Okay. Um, so. So the issue, yeah. one issue has now become another issue, um, massive amounts of eye problems. Um, I was very low in my calcium due to parathyroidism as well. Wow, um, wow. So you've had a whole yeah. whole heap of things. Well, look, even even um, with because things are so complex, look, you're, you're more than welcome. If you want to come in and, and have a chat or give me a call, I'd be more than happy to have a chat with you over the phone. Okay, now if you uh, hold on there, we'll get your details and Peter would love to talk to you further about that, Deborah. So thank you for giving us a call. Just hold on there. We'll get back to you soon. Uh, just one more thing that we were talking about there about some of the things that are impacted by the thyroid yeah, in the body. Yeah, interesting, interesting. And it is it's the, because, as I said, every cell in your body has um, receptors for thyroid function, for yeah. thyroid hormone. If you, if you remove the thyroid or if you go into synthetic hormones, the thyroid still, the hormone, the, the T4, which is what thyroxine is, still has to get converted to T3. Yeah. So even if someone out there listening is taking thyroid hormone, doesn't necessarily, they'll test and say your levels are fine, but it doesn't mean it's working well in your body. So after we produce T4 by the thyroid, you need iodine and tyrosine, which is amino acid. 
The T4 or the thyroxine goes to the liver where it's converted ideally to T3, which is the active thyroid hormone. Now to convert um, um, T4 to T3, you need selenium, another mineral that our soils are low in, and you also need um, good levels of zinc. Okay. So again, there's all these nutritional these nutritional factors that are essential enzymes and coenzymes to make it work. Right. And then what happens after the liver turns to T4 to T3, the T3 goes to the cell wall, you need adequate levels of vitamin D. Okay. And guess what? One of the most common nutrient deficiencies we're seeing you know, in such a sunny country like Australia is? What would that be? Vitamin D. Really? So we need adequate vitamin D for um, the thyroid hormone to enter the cell. And then once it's in the cell where it works in the mitochondria, the energy-producing factories, we need adequate levels of iron. Okay. So you can sort of see like, and then it's that activation of the T3 tells the pituitary to either rev up the thyroid or turn the thyroid down. Okay. But without those nutritional cofactors, someone can be taking their thyroid hormone and still not be feeling any better for it. Luke's on the phone. Hello, Luke. We've got Peter Mullen listening to you now. Hi, Luke. How are we? Good, mate. How are you? Good, good. And, uh, just listening to one of your uh, previous callers and, and some of the stuff you're talking about, it all sounds very, very similar to my wife at the moment. Um, we've been, been a naturopath in regards to the, the T3 and T2 conversion and all that sort of stuff. Yes. Um, and it's in regards to infertility issues. Yeah, good one. Good one. Like that's um, that's just I wrote those notes just down in the break there actually to mention that um, underactive thyroid actually may play a bigger role with um infertility or fertility issues these days for sure. And yeah, so have things been a particular uh, particular diet or you know you mentioned vitamins uh, B, C, zinc, magnesium, etc. Yes. Um, and, and the fact that our our soil doesn't really constitute brilliant stuff. Another type of diet or, or a cleanse or a, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, mate. Like that when you when you're looking at something like thyroid, uh, like an underactive thyroid, often it's in combination um, with a lot of other areas as well. So, you know, from a naturopathic point of view, if it's autoimmune thyroid, we sort of think there's a big connection between the gut, the immune system, and then what happens with the thyroid. So, dietary wise, we always recommend a diet that's um. Uh, lots of fresh whole foods, foods as close to nature as possible. Um, we talk about a low inflammatory diet, um, and where us naturopaths are, are pretty big on, you know, people cutting out gluten and casein or dairy products whenever there's a thyroid issue because of the immune autoimmune component. And um, there's some some evidence to suggest that both gluten and casein, which is a protein in milk, can interfere with thyroid and thyroid antibodies. Um, yep. The other thing we really stress is so it's a, it's a low inflammatory diet. So, you know, avoiding alcohol, caffeine, processed foods, sugar, um, lots of fresh whole foods. But the other thing we want to do is try and also have a low glycemic diet as well, like try and eat to keep the blood sugar levels balanced. Yep. So the idea is that you have some protein, carb, and fat at every meal. And sometimes you need to eat those meals, like meals and small snacks more regularly to try and keep blood sugar levels so it's sort of the fresh fruit, gluten and dairy free, and eating to balance blood sugar. They're the they're the approach that I would generally recommend. All right. Hopefully that helps you, Luke. All right, I'll, I'll give it a go. Bit of direction there, and we thank you for your call and your input into the program today. Now, Peter, where do we go to from here with uh, trying to help people? Well, Dave, a couple of things. Definitely, you know, I always 
um, recommend, you know, if anyone's got a thyroid issue to cut out gluten and dairy, like I find that's a, a good starting place. Um, to get tested for um, your thyroid, now when you get tested for your thyroid, ideally the gen- generally GPs can only test you for TSH, but you can pay to have your T3 and T4 tested. They're your actual thyroid hormone levels, so they actually tell a bit more of the full story. Um, and I'd also, if someone's under a lot of stress, like I'd also recommend getting their reverse T3 tested. Now, reverse T3 happens when T4 goes to the liver. If a person's under a lot of stress, that T4 can also get converted to reverse T3, which is the inactive form. Ah. So the more reverse T3 you have, the more that blocks up receptors, the less your thyroid hormones are going to work. So again, that's the connection with cortisol and stress in the, the thyroid. So it's worthwhile to get your reverse T3 tested. And um, I'd also recommend getting um, your nutrient levels tested, your iron, iron studies, iodine, if the GP will do it, zinc, selenium, and definitely vitamin D. Because if you're low in those nutrients, even if you're on thyroid hormone or even if your thyroid's trying to work normally, then you're not going to get that proper conversion. All right. Now, if uh, you're having a talk and it's next week, isn't it? If we're interested, we can find out more details. David, David, um, one of my star naturopaths, will be doing a talk uh, next Tuesday night on thyroid and yep. thyroid health. He's sort of our thyroid expert in the office. That's David Marston, yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah. So, had him yeah. Here. yeah, he's been part of our family. Yeah. yeah, so people are welcome to get on the website and, and sort of um, check in with that as well. And whenever we have a chat every week, you seem to have something good, a nice blog on your website that we can read. Is there anything about thyroid you've got there? Yeah, we've got a heap of thyroid blogs on our website, so people are more than welcome to get on and they can get that information. Okay, well, that's us for another t- another week. Can I just, before we yeah. finish, can I just mention one more quick thing? Yes, please, yeah. I just something that came out in the media just recently and I think it's something just for listeners to be aware of um, with the election coming up one of the um, major parties has announced their health policy and part of their cost saving measures is that they're talking about getting rid of the rebate for natural therapies mm. which the concern I have about that number one it will mean that people that choose to um, see naturopaths or chiros or osteos or massage therapists won't be able to claim back from their health fund yeah but the second thing that concerned me was that the the fact that, you know, a big premise of where we come from is um, preventative health care, you know, and where I think it's a bit short-sighted of the government to say, well, let's make it harder for people to see natural therapies when, you know, our big push is about preventative yeah. health care and people learning how to look after their health and, you know, saving the health care system down the track. So something just something for people to be of, yeah. mindful of. Yeah. Okay, thank you for today. Thank you, Dave. It's Health and Wellbeing, our naturopath Peter Mullen, back again next Tuesday from midday here at 2 in your RFM.